Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hello and welcome back to Get Out of My Pod. I'm Nav. I'm Una. We're back! <laughs> yeah! After a whole week away. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, thank you for being patient with us. It is, it's quite hard doing a weekly podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, basically, I was on my period and I was in a really fucking bad mood and I was really tired, so it just didn't happen this weekend. And I just piggybacked off, off, uh, off Una's excuse because I was also knackered, but I pretended it was all Una's fault. Well, you, like, moved house. I did. I moved back to my flat. I mean, that is a real cause for celebration, but um, don't people don't want to hear about my family shit, so... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's delve into the family shit of people on Square. Let us do that. Shall we, uh, shall we get into some news? Yeah. Um, what should we start with? You've got a mystery bit of news for me. I do have a mystery bit of news, and annoyingly, I can't find the interview, but Louisa Litton has been doing rounds of interviews over the last week, um, but one in particular was quite interesting, and she's kind of speaking about her relationship with Stacey, but what is quite interesting about the way it's worded, and if anybody can find it, go go Google it, annoyingly, I can't find it right now, but she's basically saying in, in it's, it's pretty, you know, you read between the lines, but it's pretty clear what she's saying, that she doesn't like what the writers have done to her character's relationship with Stacey. That's interesting. So why is she doing a round of interviews? I don't know. Maybe it's just her turn at the moment, I guess. But, you know, there's some interviews about the miscarriage storyline. There's just Right. Oh, yeah. I guess she was, like, a really key character this week, wasn't she? Right, exactly. But she gave some pretty coded, not-so-coded comments that she is finding, like, uh, Ruby quite difficult to play. Oh, I'm not surprised. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think we're going to discuss a lot more of this in the episode with the storyline. Yeah. I definitely have some thoughts on that. Right. And it's concerning, right? That like the actor who is there on set, like we've been complaining about this for ages, but the actor themselves is basically saying, What have you done to my character? <laughs> like, it's terrible, right? It is. That is bad. Yeah. I've definitely got some thoughts on that. And we will. Talk about it in a little bit. We will. We will. Shall we uh, share some more news? Yeah. So, I mean, is it news? I guess it was an article this week, wasn't it? So we're part of uh, basically a WhatsApp group that sometimes we get together on Zoom and read EastEnders scripts. Um, Although it wasn't at the last one, but you went. And uh, someone posted on this group an interview with a woman called Melanie Blake, who I think is like an agent for women actors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and she's just written a book it's basically like a promo for her book which actually sounds amazing it's right. a book about axed soap stars or like right. axed the axed soap um characters and so she's got quite a lot to say about eastenders in this interview and we found her opinions very compelling yeah she kind of focused in on on two characters in particular at least in the article that we saw saw there's probably more in the in the book and there was a a bit on on Gillian Tailforth, and there was a little bit on Mark Fowler and the HIV storyline. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting seeing the bit on Mark Fowler after, obviously, like we've had a lot of conversations in the last few weeks or months about the portrayal of gay relationships and gay characters on EastEnders. So it's interesting to see kind of the critique of failings in that HIV storyline as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, what she pointed out was like very astute is basically 
at the point at which they decided to to kill him off um and he died died of aids and um he it, it was a point at which like kind of the the you know the drugs that were available um you know were getting you know getting people on the road to being undetectable um you know life expectancy was rapidly increasing around that time to the point now where like it's not hugely different um whether you have it or don't have it and so it was just a really odd decision to like kill him off like of the disease at that point yeah and sort of like a even at the time like an antiquated decision in a way like just yeah not not of the times really disappointing very disappointing and then with Gillian Telford basically they implied that uh they killed her off off screen because Adam would get wanted a better storyline <laughs> Yeah, Adam Widget didn't really come out of that interview very well, did he? But yeah, I think the like the point is that she's looking like I think particularly at women, um, characters that are just like axed with no sense behind it. Where like I, I mean, it kind of implied that there's like writers or producers with an ego and like where they've clashed with actors or where they feel like actors are getting like above their station and sort of like inputting into the storyline that they've just killed them off. Right, but exactly. Um, yeah, we're not being paid to promo this book, but it sounds great. I really want to read it. Um, should we move on to baby announcements? This section well, we've had for like three weeks. The segment, I might add a, a baby like laughing as a jingle for this segment. Oh, yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Um, so, baby news this week. Um, Dawn's had a baby. Way props to any fans who can remember Dawn. Woo! Um, when was Dawn from? Like, it wasn't as early as the nineties, was it? No, no, no. Dawn, Dawn was. Yeah, early noise. He was. She was Joe Swash's sister, um, Mm. and she had that relationship with Gary as well. Yeah. Um, and she was kind of yeah part of that gang. Um, and I don't think she sold. yeah, I'm trying to remember if she sailed off into the distance with Gary, but actually I think they, they it didn't work out between them. Yeah, I can't really remember what happened. I remember liking her character, though. Yeah, same. I, you know, I, the one vague thing I remember about her departure, like she left on a boat. <laughs> she? Yeah, sailing off into the distance. That must be quite rare. I wonder how many characters were left on a boat. Yeah, I'd love to see a boat exit with Julia's theme. Yeah, the same, That'd be nice. in a way. Yeah. They didn't do that for Max, but we'll get on to that. If if we uh, were more organised, then I'd suggest we do like a little, yeah, a little segment on like, you know, different vehicles that people have exited in. Oh, yeah, we should. One day, one day we might get our act together enough to do that. Yeah, because that would be fun, right? Because I bet you, because I remember Stacey, do you remember Stacey when she left the first time? Uh, her looking out the plane window, that plane exit, that's fun. Wow, yeah. They just yeah. don't have the budget for things like that anymore, do they? No, no, that's true. That's true. But um, yeah, well, you know, maybe one day you'll get a best, you know, which vehicle was the most exciting for someone to exit on an EastEnders. But given we've got two weeks to discuss, I'll, I'll stop talking about vehicles at this point. <laughs> Something to look forward to maybe one day for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we talk about our predictions? Because yours was really good. For anybody who can remember the Max exit week, it feels like a lifetime ago, I said that Max would 
his final attempt to get back with Linda would be to get her the pub. Um, and that's, that's what happened. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That was excellent. Excellent foresight. Thank you very much. I mean, I, I also wasn't expecting it to work and it didn't. Um, but, um, yeah, obviously we'll discuss a lot more about Max in the episode. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, but what was your prediction? Um, mine was much less good. It was that Keegan, so last time we recorded an episode, it was that week where, um, Keegan wanted to buy Tiff a handbag. So he'd got another job at the club. Um, and I was like, I said that he was maybe going to get into some dodgy work, uh, which hasn't happened. I think you just got the character wrong. Like, I think, (laughs) yeah, I think. It's Tiffany, right? That is going down that yeah, road. Yeah, it's Tiffany. I think you're giving me too much credit, though, really, because what I I thought they were going to go down like a a bit of an annoying, like stereotypical storyline with Keegan, and I think the storyline they're doing with Tiff is is really quite different. Like, it's not illegal work. It's not something that's going to get her into like that kind of trouble. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, we can discuss it in the episode, but I actually think it is quite a good storyline. But anyway, let's let's. Uh... Let's save it for the show. What what storyline are we going to kick off on? We have to talk about Max. We have to because we we didn't record last week and it was Max's last week. I'll just ask the question and we can get into the details. Were you satisfied with his exit? Um, I almost wasn't. And then they did that shot of little Abby and she did her sad <gasps> little face. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, so on the basis of that, yes. Yeah, I think that swung it for me. and also. I really felt like the limitations of like COVID filming like that week. And I think we feel it every week, but like, and so, you know, if you kind of compensate for that, I think, you know what, they didn't, they did a decent job and I'll give them props for that. They did a good job. Yeah. The thing that I slightly wish they'd done was like a better him and Stacey scene because they've just been so significant to each other and they've always had this bond and, and like, they had that little conversation, but I, I think I would have liked a proper goodbye for them. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm glad they made an effort and like, you know, made a nod to the fact that, you know, this is the person that he's, yeah, probably had the most meaningful relationship with on, on the square that, that is still there. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, nice to have that little throwback to Bradley as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. I thought, yeah, I was happy with the significance of it. So glad he got a Julia's theme. That they had him leaving on that anniversary week, like that was their that was their way to mark the anniversary. I think is like quite an honor, really. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, they 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 didn't have a choice in a lot of respects because they were never going to be able to do a big stunt like they did last year. Um, and also, it's not as significant an anniversary as well, so it probably would have been a bit out of place. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, a real honor and just a real example of like what a great actor uh jake wood is as well so brilliant yeah um so he's taken full advantage of having left eastenders now and he's like grown a beard yeah he's looking and looking buff as fuck yeah i mean that's been the case for a while though hasn't it yeah he's uh he's looking sexy as well what do you think um jack being suspended from the the fallout of his exit (laughs) i think it's um unrealistic but like cool yeah, probably should be suspended. That is really bad. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. But also, it's unrealistic. But I quite liked like what they what they did with that storyline because it was entirely predictable. 
that Max would not be able to keep it to himself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that like Max just went straight to like, oh, she's just with him for pity. She wants mm-hmm. me really. It was just like such classic Max. I love it. It'll be really interesting because I think it's it's inevitable that he will come back at some point. Um, and I think it'll be really interesting to see what an even older Max looks like. Yeah. Like, is it, you know, is he now on a like, you know, permanent path to like self pity and like, you know, creating these fantasies in his head, or is he going to come back a reform man? I'd like them to not necessarily reform him, but I'd like them to move him on a little bit. Um, it'd be interesting if he came back with like a new level of depth. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Like, and and you know, provide a bit of guidance and and wisdom um, to maybe a character on the square who is who's kind of pretty similar to him. Mm, yeah, maybe. I feel like, because we've talked about the possibility of Max returning with Tanya, and another thing that I'd potentially like to see is um, him coming back with Lauren. See, now this is interesting, because I've always had mixed feelings about Lauren. I, in general, preferred preferred the first Lauren to the second really? one. Yeah, yeah. I felt like the first one, like, she was maybe going down like a kind of, yeah, she had like this kind of goth vibe. Yeah. Like, and I quite liked it, and you don't see any of that on the square that would have been fun to have that kind of character and then the, the i think i think you know i think it's jacqueline joss who played the second lauren i think she played it really well um it was just it was all just very heavy though like and there was no kind of levity really to to her she you know she became an alcoholic she became pregnant very quickly like it was just a kind of very sad character no that's true i just i think i just thought like she's really good at shouting just like a really fun like shouty character like she's all i've always had her in my mind as like quite a lot like stacy and i liked having two of those people on the square but the problem is is that having someone like stacy on the square and then i'd even kind of throw lola into that into a little bit you know both stacy and lola have got that kind of light and fun side i don't really remember that with lauren but maybe i'm misremembering she was more like sweet like she had the sort of chaos side and then the sweet side and less she was less like sexually harassing someone across the square <laughs> that is true that is true anyway you know what we've we're talking about characters who aren't on the square and we've got two weeks I know, to discuss we've got so. so much to talk about so <laughs> yeah what are you saying about max's exit did it satisfy you thumbs up um they did as well as they could do and as you say that abby scene was just like oh my god oh, heartbreaking yeah yeah, and and also kind of a prediction from us that we felt like uh, Stuart and Rainey would maybe end up getting Abby, and that's... yeah, we did say that would happen. Yeah, yeah, great. Well done. Us. Can't wait to see them be parents. Oh, lovely. Um, should we talk about another couple on the square? Which, by the way, we did not predict. Oh, go on, hit me. So uh, on our last podcast, we said it looks like Phil and Cat is not going to happen anymore, which is irritating because we did say at one point it was going to happen. It's yeah. just with these, like the way the storylines just disappear for a while, we were like, oh, maybe it's not going to happen. And it's totally happened. And I, I'm really into it. You're rooting for them. Oh my God. I, do you not think it just really works? It really works. Like their chemistry, their characters, I almost believe it apart from like, there's just so much like bad blood, like bad history between the Slaters and the Mitchells. So I'm a bit like, are we going to deal with any of this or are you just going to go for it? 
Well, they, they did come out a little bit through through some of Ben's like uh, dialogue. Like, you know, he made some comment about the Slaters. He obviously kind of looks down on on Cat. So I think he's there to like provide that role. But like Phil, you know, yeah, Phil just wants a good time, and so he's probably letting go of a lot of stuff. It's nice to see Phil being cheerful. Actually, on on, on which note, um, so obviously a lot of what we've seen of Phil and Cat has been them shagging, basically. <laughs> um and did you see the uh scene when Kathy was speaking to Phil about him and Sharon? Um no. <laughs> I wasn't concentrating. Oh no. Well no, it's fine, but basically this this is the point at which um everybody thought Phil was getting back with Sharon. Yeah. And Kathy basically makes a comment which is basically something along the lines of of course you're thinking with your dick, um but I'm surprised there's any life in it still. Wow. Wow, Kathy. I mean, she doesn't say dick, but she basically like, yeah, that's what she's saying. Like, Such a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a fair point, but you know what? Good for him. People have sex in older age, and I'm glad that uh, Phil's having a good time. Yeah, he is having a good time. And yeah, do you know what? Like, I prefer it to him and Sharon. Oh, God, yeah. So, so much. Um, and I, And I hope this is also then you know, an opportunity for Sharon to then, you know, I, I don't, it's not always about Sharon being with a man, but like Sharon establishing herself outside of the Mitchells and outside of the pub. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I Do think it. that would be good. Would be good. Um, so what's going on with the Vic then? Where did we get to? Well, so Linda and uh, Mick are getting it back. I think the last thing we heard was Sharon saying that she had like a month. Yeah, and she's moving out and they're going to move back in. I wonder if Nancy will come back after they've moved in. Oh, that yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. And maybe, you yeah. know, they never tell tell her that they ever sold the pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they've told her, like, about the alcoholism or anything? Probably not, no. She'll just come back and have to discover everything. Which I think is, is realistic in some respects, because parents sometimes don't tell their kids shit. Yeah, although we know that Lee knows. Yeah, that is true, actually. But Lee is the oldest, is that right? Yeah, he is, yeah. And he's the nearest. Right, and I don't subscribe to, like, you know, this way of parenting, but, again, it's quite, well, at least in families I know, for, like, parents to maybe tell the oldest or the person that they think can handle it. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So we saw last week some quite sweet scenes between Mick and Linda where they kind of talked through a bit more of, well, they kind of, talked through the max situation didn't they yeah and obviously mick is struggling a bit like even though he said he was past it he's obviously still struggling a bit um and i'm kind of glad that they're like you know sitting with that storyline because yes they had the euphoria of coming back to one another and you know mick being honest and what have you but you know life doesn't work like that you don't have the big revelation and then like oh everything is perfect so you know what fair play that they're sitting with the storyline for a bit yeah it was nice to see them work through it and then to see linda kind of be like you know i just wanted to be desired and not looked after and then like mick being able to connect to that i just thought it was all like really nicely what nicely done and really nice to watch yeah exactly and and that's really difficult you know difficult difficult kind of stuff to be honest about so you know it's nice to see that on screen like because i, th- I think often like couples in soaps are like you know, it's revenge or it's, you know, big love or do you know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. like it's not conversations enough. And I think, you know, these conversations are nice to see. Yeah, definitely. Although we did get a bit of the drama with Mick, like punching Max and uh, 
Linda, Linda, like doing that like withering speech to Mac was pretty entertaining. Oh yeah, you got you, whatever I want from EastEnders in terms of realism. I also want shit happening in the pub. I mean, just the pub in general. The fact that like you know, in 2021, when pubs all over the country are closing, they've been closing for years even before the pandemic. The fact that it's such a sought after asset, I'm like, this is not realistic at all. So. You know, I love it. I love this, like, you know, weird little bubble where everybody wants the pub and everybody knows each other in the pub. Well, they did do like the gentrification pub, like leaseholding um, storyline. Yeah, it was like a little nod to it, but then they realised they need. That's too depressing, I mean, to be honest. Right. Too realistic. I don't want. Don't want them to go all the way with that. Yeah, exactly. We want a fake London community where people look out for each other, everybody knows each other, and there are yeah. brawls happening in a pub every week. Yeah, just leave it where it's at with like there's a vintage stall and some people with moustaches in the market. <laughs> exactly. That's as far as gentrification goes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thank you very much, EastEnders. Um, should we talk about a storyline that we like? Well, I, I've, I've liked a few storylines. I no, like the Phil have, and, and Cat one, but yeah, hit me with another one. Um, well, one of our predictions that we've been banging on about for ages, but, but we did not make in the last podcast, uh, Isaac and Lola, finally on. Well, I love it. Yeah, exactly. I'm, gonna say, I'm a little tentative about it, and there were like moments where I thought, oh, I don't know if this is going to work, but actually... Um, it really came together for me, like, yeah, as they you know, as they spoke more and more and as we got to learn about Isaac a bit more and more. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm ready for, for Isaac's big storyline. He's so cute. Yeah. I just yeah, think he's, he's so really adorable. Cute. Also, I think last time we talked about Isaac, we kind of said that it's a bit of a shame that they haven't developed his character and it's been a bit weird that he's kind of just integrated seamlessly into this family, but we kind of don't know much about him. And I think they've actually done it quite well introducing the schizophrenia storyline as like a reason for him to have kind of barriers up and actually not reveal a lot about himself. So us as the audience haven't learned much about him, but also neither has anyone else around him. Specifically, yeah. because not just him, but his mum has been pre- preventing that from happening. Yeah, 100%. I've been thinking the same thing that it explains pretty much all of his behaviour like to this point. Yeah. Um, and even as you say, explains the fact that, oh, we suddenly saw this friendly person when actually it was just him taking those barriers down, feeling a bit more comfortable in the circumstances. Like Patrick obviously having a stroke, like, you know, yeah. brought brought some of those those barriers down. So yeah, I feel like it all makes sense. I guess the, the disappointing thing is, and, and a lot of it, I mean, it's largely not EastEnders fault, but like he was introduced before the first lockdown. And I just don't think they were expecting, like, obviously the break and then having to rewrite so many scripts. So it's felt like an age before yeah. we got to this point. But but I'm glad we're there now. Yeah, I'm glad we are. And I also like the the connections within it. So the fact that Sheree and Lola work together, I think is quite nice. Like, we, we saw them set up as, like, having a really nice friendship right before they launched kind of Isaac and Lola. And then also obviously love the tangent of, kim and her dating agency oh my god kim was absolutely superb like last week so good so good i'm so glad now they've got some established like comedy characters so like you've got kim and you've got Stuart and rainey although they're capable of that serious side as well um and they they just need to have like 
at least three comedy They're going to need characters. to replace Big Mo when she goes. Right, okay, right. So that's another person, right? Because... Like EastEnders is not known as like the comedy kind of like soap, but um, when it does it, it does it well. But you need yeah. to have good characters. Yeah, true. To do it, but yeah, kind of go, go, going back to Isaac, like what um, what are your thoughts on them? Kind of you know introducing the the fact that he's got schizophrenia. I like that they've started with the stigma that they've gone that way in that we haven't like. Um... That it's not started from the point of view of like there being something wrong with Isaac and we have to figure out what it is. It's like we've started from the point of view of there's stigma around this mental health condition and that and that like that's the thing that he's battling with primarily. Yeah, exactly. And and I like the fact that, you know, he made comments and that, you know, this is not to say that the stigma doesn't exist. Like I think they've picked, you know, uh, an illness that um or a condition that people do still feel like fearful about mm. but i like the fact that he kind of mentioned like oh we're in 2021 people don't always think like that and i think you know i hope that he does tell lola and i fully expect like knowing the character of lola for her to not have a bad reaction i would really love to see those two have like a long term nice relationship and her kind of play this role of supporting him through being more open about his condition, but also like her develop through that. Yeah, exactly. And and obviously, you know, she'll have stuff to learn about. Like it's not, it's obviously I'm not comparing the two things exactly, but like, you know, it kind of reminds me of like Tiffany sporting Keegan through the racism stuff. Like it's something that yeah. she couldn't automatically understand, but she made some effort to learn, but she also made some mistakes. Um, and that's probably what Lola's going to go through if she decides to, like, you know, stick with Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be a really good storyline for just, like, learning more about schizophrenia in general. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we've got some evidence that EastEnders can do these kind of things relatively well. You obviously think of Stacey and Jean as, as other examples. But yeah. Um, I, and I mean, look, and we know, we discussed this before the podcast, there are things they could talk about with regards to, like, you know, the politics of health and what have you, um, that they're not going to get into and it will be disappointing. But within the world of EastEnders, they'll probably do an okay job. I think they will. Do you reckon they'll give him like a mental health mentor? You know, they always do this where like when someone has a, a condition or like a disability or something, they'll like kind of pair them up with someone else on the square. Like, do you think he'll be like become mates with Gene or something? I kind of hope not, though, because basically <laughs> like we don't, you don't do that with physical health, right? Because like you wouldn't have like a cancer patient mentoring like a person with a heart condition right no you wouldn't no. <laughs> but right. i'm not sure that'll de- necessarily stop them <laughs> i mean it'll be super daft but um fine i mean look if they had a scene i'd be fine with that yeah yeah a scene or even like isaac and stacy as well yeah and i think probably i'm being unfair because you're thinking about it a bit more like you know the, there are taboos around mental health so uh you know there probably is enough there for them to to warrant a discussion but but yeah i hope it's not a mentorship yeah i'm just yeah i'm excited to see where it goes it was a really heartwarming storyline this week it was and quite quite a nice like antidote to obviously we didn't see any of denise and lucas and chelsea this week um so it's quite a nice kind of balance in that household yeah and actually we got to see a lot more of patrick through this storyline as well which was was really nice yeah, I just think that setup is so great. Like Patrick, Sheree, and Isaac, and then obviously attached to that Denise, 
and Kim and what's the little little kid called? Raymond. Raymond, yeah. I just, just, God, they are probably the, my favourite household on the square right now. Yeah, all together, I think they work really well. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, week before this week, um, there was a little bit of Chelsea and Lucas. It didn't really go to anywhere. Like, we're still waiting, I think, for Lucas to do this trip with the drugs. Yeah, but what I think is interesting is that they are softening Chelsea up with mm. regards to like her feelings towards Lucas. Yeah, I wonder where that'll go. I think the thing is because you kind of mentioned there's obviously a bit of a gap until you know the drugs drop off happens or whatever it is he's doing. Um, that if you know she continues to soften, what does that does that put the whole thing in jeopardy? Like, does she change her mind? Like, what well, what happens? Well, it's going to be tricky for Denise. I'm still, I mean, I'm still questioning, like, is Lucas still a villain? I don't think he is. I think what they've decided with Lucas is that, and, you know, they've maybe even tried to explain his, his old behavior in that regard, is that he has this dark side um, <laughs> and he's genuinely trying to suppress it. So what I could see happening is that he's not able to suppress it, but I don't think he's being fraudulent, if that makes sense, with his behavior right, right now. Mm, that's interesting. I guess I got like up until this point I've really seen like his religious kind of thing as a bit of a like a bit of a way for him to justify his actions like a bit of a front not really a front like I think he believes it but a way for him to like feel like he's a victim. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I I haven't read it exactly the same way. Like I feel like he um he uses his religion like like it's a medication. Mm. Um and he needs to treat something that he feels like is not well isn't i don't know if he's gonna say i was gonna say not changeable but like i feel like he's he feels like he's got this inherent darkness yeah as to like who he blames for that so so maybe he does feel like a victim because maybe he feels like oh god has you know given me this curse but i haven't read it like that exactly i feel like he's just kind of you know he knows this about himself and he yeah treats I, it. yeah i like i can see that he sees it that way i just think him for me that's like a red flag that he is a villain because he's like not taking responsibility for this thing he's just like oh it's an inherent darkness inside me and i have to struggle against it and it's really hard when it's like actually not murdering people is definitely a thing that's within your control (laughs) that is good advice (laughs) to all the would-be murderers out there to all the murderers who want to stop murdering you cannot murder people you cannot murder people. So yeah. I hope our murderer section of the fans, listeners, isn't that big, though. <laughs> I hope so. But everyone's welcome. We really need the listeners. We don't discriminate. Calm yeah. one and all. Um, so actually a lot of, of couple storylines recently. So another one to probably mention quickly, Whitney and Kirsch. We've seen a few little moments between them recently. Very cute, very cute. Very I say every cute. single week, still very confused as to what is happening with Cushion when he's yeah, going like, to prison. Actually, is he go- like uh, this last week? I was like, oh no, they just have they just dropped that storyline, and this is just they're just never going to mention it again. The thing is, I don't see now because we've been burnt from like you know veering away from our previous predictions or what we thought was going to happen. <laughs> I think he is going to go to prison. It's just yeah. that we're just. It's just going to disappear for like three months. We're just impatient. Our like analysis is fair in that like there is has been a change, and I think it's to do with these bubbles, like filming in bubbles. Yeah. So I think things didn't 
get dropped in the same I think basically what EastEnders are doing now is that they're either either trying to complete storylines within four episodes or if it's a longer storyline they just disappear for about three weeks yeah yeah it's just that like no one's mentioned Kush going to prison in like quite a long time and also like would you not have anxiety about going to prison for years yeah not be like a little bit of a worry and like is Stacy not worried about Arthur's dad going to prison like there's just a lot of aspects to it You'd think Martin would mention it, for example. And also, he's going to prison for shit he didn't do. Yeah. Um, and also, in fact, you know what? In fact, the point you just made about Martin has doubly confused me because who knows he's going to prison? Because anybody who does know he's going to prison would be, uh, surely they'd be a bit confused with the kind of sentence that he's got. Because unless they know that he's covering for Phil, um, and if they know that, they'd surely be saying that was a stupid idea. Um, do you know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's like a lot that people aren't talking about. Well, now that you mentioned Martin, should we get into Martin and Ruby? Mm-hmm. I feel like we should probably should have picked this one up earlier because it probably was Bar Max is leaving the kind of big storyline of the last couple. Yeah, of weeks, right? it was. Really. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Oh my days! Um, yeah, I kind of already mentioned in the in the intro about Louisa Litton not being very happy with where Ruby is. And uh, now Ruby's clearly basically going to manipulate Martin into thinking that Stacey killed their baby, right? Yeah, I think they've really fucked up Ruby's character, <laughs> to be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's real shame. The fake pregnancy storyline, it's like never good, is it? It's never a good indication for where your character's going. And also, like, I, I, I don't know. In fact, you, you tell me if I'm like maybe being a bit too hard on EastEnders in this regard, but it feels kind of sexist what they've done. Like, they've kind of turned her into this person who is entirely out of character or motivated by a man, motivated by being broody. And yeah. now she's turned into the most disgustingly manipulative, like, person it's a bit like this reeks of misogyny in various yeah. different ways it is or like she's a she's like a stereotype of like terrible things that men think about women yeah <laughs> right, right it's yeah it's not good it's not good and i keep being like oh they're gonna redeem it they're gonna redeem it like there's been quite a few times where like stacy and ruby have had an almost good conversation and then it just like all goes to shit so we obviously saw that again this week where like they started being like how things got here like it looks like they're kind of going to work things out a bit and then it just all goes haywire yeah and i guess the question is is that you know is anything salvageable with regards to oh, you know with God. regards to ruby's future on the square i mean i can imagine them just sort of like doing one scene where like her and stacy make up but there's a there's such a web of lies at this point it's just hard to know what, like, what can she fall back on? Because she doesn't have any relationships that anchor her apart from her relationship with Martin and then, and like, previously her relationship with Stacey. So it's kind of like they've severed all of her ties. It, it, yeah, exactly. It's a disaster because, you know, it, I don't see, I just don't see how anything is salvageable at this point because you say yeah. there's a web of lies. On top of the lies, there's the actual shit that she did. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. She, she actually got Stacey beaten up. She actually put a rat, got someone to put a rat through the door. She actually got push to take Arthur and run away like yeah she's lied to be honest about... I was very unconvinced by like Stacey finding out that <laughs> right. Ruby 
orchestrated the kidnapping of her son and then immediately being like, oh, she's lying about the pregnancy and that's what I'm going to focus on. Yeah, and then got her to piss in a bucket. And like, why would you think she's lying about the pregnancy? It was like such a random jump to make. I mean, I, I kind of, I went with it. I know what you mean. I went with it just because I just love it when like Stacy's on the warpath yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and quite enjoyed her like doing it with Kush as well. It's quite funny. Right, because like Kush has got this slightly kind of like hapless side to him and like yeah. him just getting dragged along with it. He's just so nice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like he's fully just like forgiven Ruby for what she's done. Ah, uh, Kush, Kush, Kush. I'm going to miss him and his character and his, yeah, and his muscles. Me too. So that would be sad God. to see those go. Um, it's interesting that Ikra came into it slightly as well to like tell she was the one that told martin wait what is she she told martin that ruby knew that jags didn't do it yeah exactly and there was a point at which he believed her yeah um but yeah i don't know what is anything gonna come of that i think it's just a seed of doubt you know i think it will just help him like put the pieces together later yeah exactly and um i don't know i i, I kind of worry for Ikra where she is on the square right now yeah i mean it looks like they're setting her her up with a new relationship though yeah i'm not entirely convinced whether they're gonna make any effort to to put some like you know meat to that storyline i would like it if they did i mean we haven't seen much of mila yet so we don't really know anything about her character or like even whether she's a very good actor or anything but like i'd be i would like them to give another shot as much as i like have hated ikra (laughs) I I want to give her another chance. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I, I think I hope they actually give her a chance, though, um, because I think she's got the bones of being a good actor. Um, and the, some of the character flaws that we don't like, I think, you know, she's not, you know, so established that she can't have a, you know, personality change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I hope this is a real effort. My worry is, is that, you know, she's turned up to the writer's room and said, like, uh, are you going to do anything with my character? And they were like, oh shit, yeah, 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 yeah. Just put her in another relationship. Um, and God. they're just not going to make a huge effort with it. It must be so nerve wracking for these actors when their character just like suddenly all their like relationships drop. Like that, that is maybe why Louisa Litton has been sort of dropping some concerns into <laughs> interviews because yeah. like what happens when you have no family on the square and all your, uh, all of your like ties with other people get severed like it's just one step away isn't it from being axed well that's the thing right and 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 we kind of talk about it as being axed but um you know we mean out of work right and you know for some of these actors (laughs) right exactly right and i get it you know being on eastenders probably some of them have got decent salaries but i'm sure ikra the person who plays ikra is not earning that much well yeah and it's not a time that you want to be unemployed as an actor is it Right. So uh, obviously I get it. You know, you have to accept with like acting that, you know, your turnover is going to be higher and it's going to be difficult and what have you. But I think the annoying thing for for both like Louisa and and the actor who plays Ikra is, um, you know, if they leave, their characters going out like because the writers took them to a stupid place. Yeah. I mean, particularly Ruby as well, because she is like a legacy character. Yeah, and they're just gonna fuck it, and and it was it was a little bit of a surprise her coming back. The you know that you know when she did come back because yeah. 
you know, she didn't, apart from Stacey, she didn't really have any ties to the square. Um, but I was kind of into it, and I think they've done it really well. Like, I don't know, maybe two stints on the square makes it easier to come back, but I, I'm not so, so sure. Do you think part of this is to do with Lacey Turner going on maternity leave again? Is they kind of thought, well, we can't like anchor her to Stacey because she's not going to be around. Yeah, but did they have to fuck her over like this? I know it's really bad, isn't it? It's like really bad. Like you it's could have so like bad. You, because Max did some shitty things before he left. But I think ultimately we would always be a bit like, oh Max, silly Max. Like with with Ruby, it's like, oh no, she's doing super super shitty things. Nothing redeeming about right. her as well. Like <laughs> <Right>. nothing. <laughs> Nothing beyond this sort of like hysterical, manipulative stereotype of a woman. Well, yeah, okay. You know what? I'm going to suggest we pivot now um, <laughs> to another manipulative uh, woman who we kind of are fine with her being like this, and that's uh, Suki and the Panasar family. Wait, Panasars versus the Mitchells. It's on, baby. Yes, um, I'm loving it. Yeah, well into it. Absolutely well into it. And uh, where do you think, you know, where, what do you think the score is right now? Who's got the upper hand? The Mitchells. Yeah, yeah. It, I feel like it swung a little bit to the Panasars, but obviously Kira is, is a little bit out of He's his He's trying head. to go it alone and he can't do it. Him and Chelsea Stan. And so this is interesting. So, so I agree with you that the Mitchells have got the upper hand. And, you know, yes, like Kira is going it alone. Do you think if we bring Suki in, then that changes the the game? Absolutely. Yeah, I think the second that Suki finds out about this, she'll be livid and she'll just come in and like sort it all out and Phil will be totally screwed. Oh, my days. I am so into this. I think he's going to take his eye off the ball a little bit as well because he's having such a good time with Cam. He's going to take his eye off the ball. And I also think kind of let, let the whole thing go. And, and as you said, already because of Kat. Um, but I think it's also partly just to me in a bit like, uh, you know, the, the fact that he, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of pounds by the sounds of it, or at least like a cut of hundreds of thousands yeah. of pounds. Um, and he completely let that go just so, and, and he accepted like him losing that contract because of his own behavior. Yeah. But that's him like, lightening up though isn't it i you know we talked to him the other week about like you know we both got to the same place about maybe phil needs to go if this is the path for phil could you see you know him staying yeah if he's gonna like just chill out and retire and we get like cheerful phil um i'd be up for that i think i think i'm kind of past the point where i'm interested in him having any more like central storylines but to have him kind of be in the background the way that patrick has been for a long time I think playing that kind of role, that would work for me. Yeah, and he, even when it comes to central storylines, like we forget that, like, well, we don't forget, but like, you know, Phil has had like his alcoholism storyline. He's had like, you know, so there, there are storylines I think they can do with him that don't require him to like, you know, do a heist um, and <laughs> have anything to do with Sharon. The the one big concern I've got, and I'm I'm really unhappy with where this character is going, is that yes, they might you know send Phil off off into the sunset with Kat um, but yeah. I hope they're not priming for Ben to be his replacement mm, yeah they might be they might be he, Ben is is a disaster at the moment I'm so reluctant to agree because I just 
I loved New Ben so much. Like I've been on such a journey. We both have. When he when we first got New Ben, we were like, mm, don't know about this new actor. Like his characters change, and then we had a period where we were just like, yes, New Ben is the best thing that's ever happened to EastEnders, and now he's kind of fallen into this like rut in a way. Yeah, exactly, and and we get so little echoes of like the old Ben and. You know, they're increasingly becoming like, a, you know, a fiction of our imagination. I mean, the whole show is a fiction. Um, but um, <laughs> No, don't say that. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Like as if like the the previous iterations of Ben just didn't happen. Like, yeah. you know, I'm getting to the point where, you know, I'd always put this current Ben as like my top Ben. I think I'm now putting the Ben that came just before him as as my favorite Ben. I literally can't even remember the Ben who came who came just before him. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the Bens. He's been erased from my mind. Poor I remember guy. The ben who slept with Lola. I remember that Ben. I think that was the Ben before, but yeah, um, that was two Bens ago. Yeah, the last Ben was the Ben who got with um, the grandson of the funeral parlor family. Yeah. Okay. I need to see a picture of him. It's just, he's been, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that Ben. No, he was good, actually, wasn't he? He was, yeah, and you got this mixture of, like, you know, he was kind of, yeah, you know, becoming a bit more of this kind of gangster, and obviously he nicked the, you know, jewels or whatever it was when he when he left. Um, but you got, like, yeah, he's kind of, like, grief at, um, you know, losing his, his first big love, um, you know, the the homophobia storyline like yeah. you know all of that kind of stuff was there and that sensitivity was still there and also his relationship with jay was still there yeah oh yeah i'd like they could redeem ben a little bit at the moment by like reconnecting him with jay that'd be nice but you know my problem is though with this current ben is that the way i remember the old ben would connect with jay was that it, it, it was kind of a mutual like relationship i don't want to call it a mutual dependency but like you know, there are points at which, like, Ben was vulnerable around Jay. Yeah. This current Ben, like, he just, he's not really vulnerable. And, like, I know I know he's had the, the death storyline and stuff like that, but the way he interacts with people is so, like, arrogant um, and so superior that, like, he, there's just so few moments of him, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm being unfair, but, like, I just can't imagine this current Ben interacting with Jay in a way that, like, he confides in Jay. Yeah, I think it does make sense because when New Ben first came on the scene, he was like cocky and he was jokey and he was playful. But yeah. like, yeah, it has really shifted to kind of arrogance and like wielding his like status on the square over people. Whereas like the sort of like slightly cocky, cheeky version of him was believable because there were like hints of that from my favorite Ben, child Lady Gaga fan Ben. <laughs> Yeah, right. Right. I don't look, I mean, I, I'm going to have to let it go because we're never going to see, we're definitely never going to see Lady Gaga Ben. We're not going to see, you know, the Ben before before this one. And yeah, I think it's a real, it's a real shame. What I definitely don't want though is these, the scenes where it goes really ludicrous where, you know, did you see the scene where like he throws the stool across like the, the pub? Yeah. I'm like, what is that? That's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Very silly. But I think I think it could well be that they're like setting up Ben to kind of like be the new Phil Mitchell. Well, but the thing is, is that why bother though when you've got someone who is much more charismatic, much more kind of you know like it's got a kind of newness to him. 
Like, why not let Kira be that person and, and Suki be that person? Really? Or Suki, yeah. Yeah. Um, did enjoy the call center this week. Oh, my God. Big Mo. Going to miss Big Mo. Yeah, Big Mo and Bernie in the call center. Really love that. I'd like to see a little bit more of what goes on in the call center. Well, yeah. What was it? Um, Bernie saying that uh, little Big Mo's uh, egg sandwich was going to create a uh, hot box, I think he called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she did. Really enjoyed it. You know what? I think they should move Bernie into the into Dot's house with all the young people. Yeah, I'd be here for it. I'd be totally here for it. And um, yeah, probably a good point to actually move on to that that storyline, right? Like with uh, Tiffany and Keegan moving into Dotties as well. Yeah. Do you know what? I've never thought about this before, but like Jack is such a scumbag that like Tiff's like, oh, we can't even afford the rent, and it's like it's Jack's house that he owns. That he's like. He's literally just like profiting from his niece and her boyfriend and her husband's like working. What a scumbag. Just lower the rent. <laughs> right. Jack has probably got into got himself in a situation where he's like either being a greedy fuck or he's over leveraged himself that he can't afford to do that. And you know, it's on him. He's a fucking idiot. And I just, yeah, he is. But like, I think it's more, it's not really a symptom of Jack's character. Like Jack is essentially like a good guy. I think it's more a symptom of like how accepted landlordism is in our society that like the writers can write someone who's like pr- a good guy. We like him. He's like got ethics. He cares about his family. Um, and also he like makes a passive income from... <laughs> like exploiting his niece through the property that he owns right he could just not charge her any rent like he owns the house right do you know what i mean (laughs) like it's it's just absurd or or just kind of be honest and say like yeah i can't you know like well okay i don't know what honesty looks like in that situation but if he genuinely can't afford it and he he will know their incomes intimately because he's very close to tiffany he's given keegan a lot of advice they lived in his his own house for a while so he'll know their incomes, um, and maybe if if they can't afford it and you can't afford to to like give them a discount, let them to continue to stay in your own house until they can afford to you know find somewhere where they can afford. Yeah, I mean he's a police officer, right? He's got an income. He's all right. He's got an yeah. income in several properties. Anyway, well, it's got properties coming out of his ass. I don't even know where he's got them all from. But anyway, yeah, it's ridiculous. Mad, absolutely um, mad. So anyway, good that Tiff and Keegan are doing something more realistic and moving into a shared house. And it looks like we're having the emergence of a kind of like young person's friend group, which is something you've been sort of requesting for a little while. Wah, wah, wah. I'm, I'm into it. I'm really into it. Me too. It's like Kush is going to be a little bit of an odd one out in that, <laughs> in that house. Well, Kush will be like the kind of elder statesman in that house, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And like, I guess Whitney's kind of, Whitney's a bit older than all of them as well, but like, she's still just at the edge of like being a young person. And also kind of realistic as well, because of the way London is like, you do get these, you know, quite often these like mixed generation households. Because, you know, as people are getting older in London, they're just not able to afford to move out of these shared houses. When I move back into a shared house in London, when I can afford to move back to London, I will be an elder. (laughs) In a shared house, I'll be Chris. Yeah, but you can, Can't you wait. can. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I guess 
realistically, you could find other people of the same age, but um, it's probably not realistic, no, right? because like, the pool can't... diminishes because people yeah. like move in with their partners and they make money and they like yeah. inherit wealth. They all those people that you thought were like the same as you suddenly like inherit money and buy houses. Brilliant, absolutely but, um, brilliant. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of um, the storyline that they're doing with with Tiffany becoming a uh, a social media influencer? Is Tiff becoming a social media influencer? Um, I do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't think I, I like fully, fully missed this. Well, what is the storyline that Dot, what is Dottie trying to get her into? Because the way I understood it is that Tiffany would promote the bar on her socials um, and then be like a bit of eye candy once they got to the bar. She's is- going to be a host, right? So, like, you kind of. It's a thing that I like didn't really know was a thing in the UK. I've heard of it in the US where you're like a hostess as a bar where you basically like are like hang around tables of rich men looking very attractive and being very charming and you get tips and then you also like attract more men to the bar. Okay, right. Yeah. So I, I don't think I fully completed that side of the picture. There was a mention of Tiffany and her friends promoting it on their socials. Right, yeah. So I think that's the side of it. Mm, But um and that's why I was kind of like, you know what? Because the hosting stuff would have felt a little bit archaic. Um and it probably still is a little bit archaic. Um, but I imagine it still happens. But I think adding in this like, you know, you know, side of it where she's using, you know, her insta or whatever it is to like pull the punters in, like I think, you know, that's yeah, interesting. What do you think the long-term storyline is? Like, is Dottie, like, secretly starting a brothel? <laughs> is that what's going on? I don't think so, no. I think, uh, I think sadly, it's probably going to go somewhere quite dark. We know that Tiffany's had some, like... I think Tiffany, she was raped, right? Like, she was, of, yeah. Right. Um, and it's probably going to trigger, like, kind of memories of that. I'm, the thing I worry about is maybe Dottie's going to be, like, attacked as part of this storyline. Wow. Yeah, that could happen. I mean, it would, yeah. Why are you worried about that? Well, when I say worry about it, not that I'm not worried about it for Tiffany, but um, uh, I just feel, I just feel, I just feel sad for like Dottie's character that she's now into a storyline where it looks like she's going to make some friends and she's going to have some like, you know, positive energy on the square and what have you. And in fact, it's probably just kind of, you know, uh, the, the preview before she does something either terrible to someone else or something terrible happens to her. Well, it is kind of exploitative in the first place. Like she's basically said, "Hey, Tiff and Keegan, you've got rent issues. You can move into my house if you do this thing." Is that what she said? It's kind of like that was sort of the subtext. Like obviously, Tiff and Keegan will still be paying rent, but like they, when they were in the club, Tiff and Dottie were kind of having the conversation about it. Tiff was like, mm, yeah, I'll figure out when to tell Keegan. Then Dottie was like, right, I'm going to go and talk to Ruby. And if she says yes, if this all works out, then like you can move in with me. Yeah, that is true. I think that's it. maybe why I'm forgiving with Dottie, like when it comes to this storyline is Dottie that. so much. I do love Dottie, but I do think, <laughs> I do think my, my reading of this is, is probably fair in that, you know, I don't think Dottie entirely understands exactly the implications of what she's asked Tiffany to do, the the you know potential like hazards, and yeah. maybe like you know the kind of exploitative nature or the kind of you know slightly manipulative nature. I don't think it's she's fully aware of like what she's doing. There was a scene of her with Ruby 
uh, again, also trying to manipulate Ruby there a little bit, but also saying that, you know, she wants to prove to people that she's not like her dad. And I think she kind of means that, but she's like a bit of a bull in the china shop where she's just desperately trying to like, you know, establish herself as a, you know, an independent person and she's going the wrong way about it. You're just so nice to her. <laughs> I'm just like, no, she's just manipulating everyone to get some more money. But I do hope the storyline like leads to us seeing a nicer side of Dottie. And she's she's been a nice person at times. Like she she had the whole turmoil over Sharon, and she did tell Sharon about yeah. Denny. Um, I would like her to become friends with Ruby. Like there's been some little hints of those two kind of getting on, and I think that would that would make me feel a lot better about both of their characters. Well, see, that's interesting because I feel like that would fuck Dottie over at this point because I think <laughs> Ruby is on her way out. She's not redeemable and um, you don't want to be attached to that. Well, maybe they can redeem each other though. Yeah, that's true. Similar, like obviously like they're such similar characters. They're both like daughters of famous villains. That's true, right? And obviously there was a kind of that scene where she was like, oh my God, our dads are similar. I mean, their dads aren't exactly similar because everybody <laughs> hated, like, uh, including her, like she, everybody hated Nasty Nick and, yeah. uh, you know, Johnny Allen, like, yeah, was a gangster, but like Ruby loved her dad. Yeah. Yeah, true. But like, I think there's a lot, there could be a lot of potential for them connecting in a good way. I guess I don't have a lot of hope that they're going to do that well. No, no hope at all for that. I'm, um, I'm really up for the young people's shared house. I'm excited about that. I hope they have a lot of parties. Well, well, well I think we've got one more storyline to talk about, and it's uh, another storyline involving young people, and that's uh, Peter and Ash. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. I can barely watch it. Yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely awful. God, the Peter running naked around the square was like one of the worst things I've seen on EastEnders for a long time. Also, I'm not a prude at all, but I don't think that's that's on. Also, like, yeah, everyone was watching it, like, where go on, Peter? I'd be like, is he okay? What the hell is going on? Do you know what I mean, right? Like, it's, look, you know, maybe people need to be more comfortable with nudity. That's great. I'm delighted. But, like... Um, I don't want to see him naked running down my street. I just, yeah, do you know what I mean, right? Like, it's a bit like, this is, no, no, stop it. Put it away. I would literally be like, is this man okay? Does he need something like, should we get him into the warm and like put some clothes on him? Yeah. Or on the other hand, you'd be like, uh, is this person a danger? Yeah. Cause it's also like not really an acceptable way to try and get someone into bed as well. Well, but because that's the other aspect of it, as much as I, I'm, you know, all pro, like, you know, people being comfortable with their bodies and all the rest of it and stuff. He was doing that as a kind of sexual thing. Creepy. If you ask me. Do you know what I mean? Like he was flashing someone on the square. Disgusting. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him and Ash. I, it's terrible. I want it to be over. Oh yeah. And the scene in the hospital, I don't know if somebody wrote that on the back of a postcard and just said oh, like, so oh, you're ludicrous. Oh my God. Like it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so now Ash has been suspended. Everyone's got suspended that week. Yeah. I mean, and Ashley's suspension was like, oh my God, why? And the way it happened. And I'm sorry for the actors who played the nurse and the doctor in the hospital, but oh my days, they were terrible. <laughs> um, and even the even the um, the setting, like the scenery That's in ridiculous. the hospital, I was like, did they just put two like blue boards up? Was like, it was just terrible. The whole thing was. But that, um, the other nurse or the other doctor 
walked in and like looked at the table and was like, "What's this?" Yeah. <laughs> I was no. Like, no. Oh god. Yeah, and then also Peter being in pain was like reminiscent of Ian's poisoning acting. I think Peter's a worse actor though. Oh, he's so bad. So bad. It's really it's upsetting. Really, really bad. Really bad. Do you think so? What's the point of this? Is this to are we are we going to draw out some more tensions between Suki and Ash through her suspension? Because we also saw Bobby like fully dropping Ash in it. Yeah, completely to to Suki, and I love that scene where like Bobby was a bit like, "Hey, you know what? Fuck you!" But you didn't know about this, did you? Yeah. So uh, good for Bobby. Always love <laughs> Go seeing on, Bobby. Bobby. But um, yeah, I think Suki's going to use this to be manipulative um, because. As you reminded me, it was a scene I completely missed a few weeks back, but she slept with Peter, right? Yeah. Right. So that's obviously where it's heading. Can't wait for that to uh, come out. Be I so can't funny. wait for it to come out. And I hope it, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I hope it leads to Peter's exit. <laughs> Do you think, I, think, I think Peter's staying. It, it literally, like, you know, I actually didn't mind seeing him topless. That was nice to see. It was lovely. Well done. But... Uh, just lean into that then, like, fine. You didn't have to go fully naked. That was gross. Was but, you know, crazy. like, uh, just, uh, he's so bad. He's so bad. Yeah. I, there's also something about him that is just so unattractive to me, which, like, shouldn't be, obviously, a way that you judge characters on standards. But there's just, honestly, there's something about him that just, like, makes me shudder. Well, I swear, every time he opens his mouth and does something. <laughs> this is so mean. I feel really bad now. But you know what, to, to be fair, as much as we've kind of, you know, mentioned the character's acting, that's, that is what it is. Like, he's probably been good in other stuff and will be good in other and stuff. And newer characters often take a little while to settle in, don't they? Newer actors. Right, and they've written him as a dickhead. And in a lot of respects, he's playing a dickhead quite well. <laughs> True. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Fine. Uh, okay, well, I guess we'll see where that goes. It just hopefully there's some more Suki involvement and that'll, that'll satisfy me. Fingers crossed. I've got one last thing to raise, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, go on. Um, Jean's back. Jean is back, living her the rest of her days out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she still doesn't have a diagnosis, as far as we know. Um, so I guess the video that she filmed that I thought was her saying I'm leaving was not her saying I'm leaving. I guess what is that? Yeah. Just like. Do you think that's a video to give to everyone after she dies? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think she kind of suspects that this is where it's going and she's just living her best life. It would be really sad if this is how she leaves, particularly if the cancer was treatable. Um, because I totally get how, you know, I totally uh, endorse the idea of people being able to choose the way they die and having, you know, uh, choices around that and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I did, I wouldn't endorse Jean's choice in this particular circumstance, though. Yeah, I think like a thorough consultation <laughs> would be right. good. She literally left before her diagnosis, yeah. right? True, but I think also, I mean, and this is like slightly maybe getting into the topic a little bit too much, but I don't, I don't think the health system in general is very good at necessarily like giving you that really in-depth conversation where you have the option to choose not to be treated and you have a very like honest conversation about what kind of what your life will be like and what the treatment might be like and what things you want to go through and what things you don't want to go through so like yeah I also would not necessarily endorse like just walking out of your appointment before you get a diagnosis but it's not like totally wild to me yeah agreed agreed and uh I guess what what why I'm hesitant is seeing it 
play out because inevitably she will end up in hospital because if if she is dying then she's going to get ill and you know she'll either take herself to hospital or somebody will take her to hospital um she's not going to just drop down dead after like cleaning the pub right um yeah so there'll be a. I mean she she might do and people do die like that but um you know there'll be a deterioration and i just i just it'd just be too sad she might not have cancer though but then you're a bit like well what like what do you do with that then like is she just gonna live like for another 20 years thinking she might be dying yeah and we'll get to see this like yolo gene i'll be quite up for it how long can you be yolo for (laughs) Well, it's Jean. <laughs> I mean, fine, fine, yeah. How are you feeling about Sharon and Jean's budding friendship? I think it's very cute. I just don't know what. I, I feel like it's gonna. I feel like it's it's done. I feel like they were like, oh, it's lasted four <laughs> episodes because Jean was kind of there to like, you know, be part of the Phil Sharon Cat storyline, and I and also I feel like what they're doing with Jean right now is that she's just in this place where she it's a little bit ephemeral like her relationship so like you know she gave that advice to max like unsolicited she's like yeah you know got involved with sharon i think she's going to move on to another character like next week i guess this often happens in the vic as well because Jean is a cleaner and because she's just like like a meddler and also delightful she she's often had like a slight involvement in storylines that revolve around the vic yeah, exactly. And I think there's other places where her meddling will like move to and and I'm kind of into it. I think I don't I don't really want her to have like a a friendship with Sharon as such. Like I think it was cute for what it was, but actually I like this kind of roving Jean. <laughs> roving Jean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm loving Jean at the moment. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm really into it. Great. Well, well, well I think it's time, Una. Is it time? I think it is, it's been two weeks. Don't, don't keep me in suspense any longer. Hey, Nav. Hey, Una. Who is your EastEnder of the week? Wah, wah, wah. EastEnder of two weeks. Oh, yeah, of two weeks. Good point. Absolutely mad. Um, so I think I picked Max in the last one just because I was a bit like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm probably, yeah, I, I don't know if I if I'm going to pit Max again. So Max is obviously there, like, so, you know, and want to acknowledge his departure and and all the rest of it, but I'm not going to pick him. Person I'm going to pick, um, just because I'm delighted that, you know, they're in the foreground finally, and it's uh, it's Isaac. Yay, Isaac! Yeah, more of Isaac, please. I hope they do this storyline well. Um, And I think, yeah, I think he's going to play this storyline well whatever they write so uh congratulations sure my <laughs> i always talk about my boyfriend's mum on this podcast but i don't see anyone else i live with my boyfriend and his mum <laughs> yeah. um and so she watches eastenders and she was saying she thinks that he's a really bad actor and i was like i don't think he is i kind of understand where she's coming from because i think he's a little bit like he's not as expressive as some of the some of the other characters, I don't think he's a bad actor though at all. I think it like I think it comes across quite well in his character as someone who's like like quite charming, but actually like a little bit awkward sometimes and like right. not doesn't show like every part of him. Yeah, exactly. And there's been moments where I've kind of recognised what uh, uh, what she's she's saying. I was going to give her Kath. a name, but Kath. Kath. There you go. Kath, right, yeah. right. So there's moments where I've kind of thought like. 
yeah, I kind of recognize what Kath's saying, but actually, uh, I don't know what my kind of final determination on that is, whether he's a good actor or not. What I am uh, sure about is that he's a character that I'm already emotionally invested in, and I think yeah. that emotional investment is going to get higher. So whatever he's doing, uh, more of it. And I think if he if he isn't the best at acting, I think he is going to get better. Yeah, I think so. And also, he's just like beautiful. Oh yeah, he's he yeah Ridiculously right. Ridiculously kind of, handsome. Right, and it's quite boyish, like kind of yeah, very very cute. Adorable. Um, yeah. Well done, well done, Isa. Uh, Una. Yeah. Who is your EastEnder of the last two weeks? Um, my It's not really an EastEnder of the last two weeks because she wasn't in the previous week, but I'm going to pick her anyway. Yeah. My EastEnder of this week was Lily. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm so, I'm so glad you mentioned her because I was like, oh, God, she was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you know I love an EastEnder's like, bolshy kid. I love the fact that, like, in case you don't know, she's she's bolshy. They've given her a leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, this is brilliant. She's just so perfectly Stacey's daughter. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Like, and uh, yeah, more of Lily, more of Amy, and more of Abby. Sorry, you know. In fact, as a second place for my extend of the week, I want it to go to Abby because oh, that, that kid, little, that look. Oh my god! Can you imagine her and Raymond having a play day? I know oh Raymond's a bit god. older. Oh my god! But, you know. Yeah, no, he's a little bit older, isn't he? Because what's yeah. she like coming up on two or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cute. But um, yeah, no, Lily. Love, love Lily. Yeah, she was great. Um, yeah, I would like to see like her and Lexi, like her and Lexi and Amy interacting, I think would be great. Doesn't look yeah. like they're in the same like COVID bubbles at the moment, but hopefully at some point that can happen. Fingers crossed. Well, talking of your hopes, have you got a prediction for next week? I just never prepare this bit and then I have to just make something up on the spot. All right. My prediction is that Dottie does not have any redeeming features. And uh. She is, in fact, starting some sort of brothel uh. in a manipulative rather than a supportive way. Great. Great. I, d- I don't know if it is that a prediction to troll me or do you genuinely believe it? Uh, <laughs> I think there's, I think there might be some element of the storyline where she is kind of putting Tiff in a situation that she knows is going to be difficult and she's going to carry on doing it for her cut of the money. That's interesting. So I could definitely see a point at which and which she's got enough information to be able to make a better decision than, than the one she's making now. Right now, I still give her the benefit of the doubt and say... Well, you always do, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I, I, Please, please, please. Also, that's the Cotton family gone if they fuck her over. Yeah, that would be a shame. It's a but whole... Yeah. That, is, that is what I predict. What's your yeah. prediction now? What is my prediction? I, similar to you, I've, I've made no prior you know, plans on what I'm going to say. So... Um, my prediction, just looking at my notes right now and seeing what inspires me, is, um, well, I've already said it in the podcast and it's a bit shit, but uh, I'm going to go with it anyway. And that's Isaac does tell Lola about his diagnosis uh, and uh, she is fine with it. Yay. That's a lovely prediction. Yeah. I thought it'd be nice to end on as well, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know. That's, and also, in general, I think, you know, there's been some quality moments of EastEnders the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm really excited about that storyline. I hope that we get to see, like, a lot more of it this week. 
Yeah, definitely. And more of obviously like Sherry, Sheree and Patrick as well as part of it. Yeah, so great. Yes, please. Oh my God, we've done two weeks in, in a reasonable amount of time. Ooh, yeah. Um, hope you enjoyed it, listeners. Sorry about the break. Consistency, I'm afraid, is just never really going to be our strong point. Definitely not. I mean, you know, we are recording this at uh, past 10 on a Sunday night, so God knows when it's going <laughs> to be out as well. Who knows when you're going to yeah. get it. Yeah. But, <laughs> so if you want to email us and complain about this, um, the email address is gatonmypod at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, Tell your friends to listen to this podcast that you just never know when it's going to be released. <laughs> oh, it's part of the mystery. It's part of the fun. Who knows when it's going to arrive? Oh, my um, God. You can also tweet us as well. Um, yeah, we love it when you talk to us. Please, please. Uh, I uh, obsessively look at the uh, Twitter follow account and I've seen that about seven people have stopped following us. Oh, that's so sad. Uh, I know you get fluctuations anyway, as like, you know, people leave Twitter or turn off their accounts and what have you. So, you know, I'm seven, I can probably just about cope with, <laughs> but um, it was a chunk and I was a bit like, uh, are people abandoning us? Oh, please follow us, everyone. Make Nav happy. Please, please. <laughs> um, I'll tell you why as well. Let's be completely honest. Now we've got a roadmap out of lockdown. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain this podcast when we're allowed to see people. <laughs> uh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, me neither because we did try like we did start the podcast before coronavirus was a thing and yeah. like the the effort of like going to each other's houses to right. record it every single week was just um quite difficult so so you've probably got to until at least june <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but, and then we yeah, yeah 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 keep yeah exactly right get your content while you can <laughs> Get it while it still exists. Yay. Wah, wah, wah. No, right. we might carry on doing it. We might. We might. We might. Oh, we might. Oh, subscribe to find out if we might carry on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. It's just sending into chaos. All right. I was going to say tune in next week, guys. Tune in next week where you'll hopefully find a podcast in your podcast feed. Yes. See you next week, maybe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Say